Brian, to your point around the technology having the ability to incentivize or to change behavior in some ways, forms, or fashions, do you see there being any level of ethical concerns in the design of a blockchain if behavior can change based on the technology, such as blockchain in this case? Do you see a need for there to be sort of a values by design perspective taken into account initially so that yeah. the development or deployment of it affects appropriate incented behavior? Or do you think that it's less of a concern of the blockchain and more an aspect of the individual having to behave ethically with the technology in front of them? So this is a very interesting question as well. And I think this is a kind of, you know, these ethical questions and these design questions are actually something that we see in real life going on in the, you know, the the open source cryptocurrency space about how they want their 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 network to function, right? They have they place a high value on fungibility and personal autonomy over over these digital assets. And that's very important. I think we need to really take a little bit of a similar approach. The area that I think probably concerns me the more most where we need to really, really think very hard about how we design these systems is in the identity space and in the access kind of control space. And whenever I think about that, I, I think it is very important that we um, leave the individuals in the world with as much, if not complete autonomy over their identities and their abilities to use their identities for whatever transactions or interactions that they choose to do for. It should be theirs. Whenever we design blockchain applications, and this is, um, I suppose this is a hot topic, but I would say that you're closer to retaining sovereignty over your identity and your ability to use your identity if you remain closer to the archetypical, very robust sort of highly distributed, highly decentralized, highly immutable blockchain designs that we have seen in the in the open source space that's i think what we need to sort of duplicate for these identity and access control applications uh, functions that blockchains are going to be very interesting for i would really be unhappy to see an identity system built where a single central entity might be able to alter somebody's identity without their consent, <laughs> remove their identity, or assign them a different identity without their consent. That would not be good. So yes, I think we need to actually think about how we design these things very much and very deliberately before we roll them out. I don't know if that answers really the question, but I think we have the opportunity 
to make certain design decisions about how we roll out a blockchain for these specific applications that will that will be ethically and, and, and acceptable to our society and our way of interacting with each other. I think you did a nice job, Brian, in answering that question. It's very easy to look in hindsight at many of, well, many of the technology implementations or what was once considered an emerging technology or idea and say, well, obviously it wasn't going to work or you should have done this or this or this. It's much more difficult to, in advance, take the time to take design considerations into account to ensure that it's a nice and useful experience for those that are going to ultimately make use of the technology itself. And blockchain is one that's extremely interesting here for the reasons of its potential, for its opportunity to disrupt, and for the timeliness of the solution. I think you noted it earlier when you mentioned the point about Bitcoin, and the technology has been around for quite some time. And many of the underlying technologies of blockchain have been around for some time as well. But it's been sort of this perfect storm of ideation that's allowed it to really come together in a meaningful way. And the world has sort of started to not only take notice of it from beyond the Bitcoin statement, but all the way into the blockchain realm, and is thinking seriously about how to apply it. Your points on personalization of data are very timely as well, given the focus on GDPRS out in Europe, but even in a larger context, the personalization of data is going to introduce new tensions in the realm of individual and company and how that information is used moving forward. So in terms of incentive behavior, I could certainly see a lot of what you described um, not only occurring, but I could imagine that what happened with the Bitcoin in, in initial years of pools developing could also become a possibility for personal data as well, where you could see teams of individuals coming together to sell their data to certain companies or sets of companies. And so that dynamic fully changing, but also enhancing greater collaboration. What it does though lead to in the shorter term is how does this all work? As you see it, or as you've described, both from your expertise as well as the experiences that you're seeing in Silicon Valley and around the world, what do you think is required to help this blockchain discussion really take the next step? Is it a question of, number one, just better awareness and understanding of a very complex idea? Is it the lack of technical standards or open source or other collaborative means? Is it a lack of momentum in certain verticals from corporate investment? What is it in, in your mind, Bryant, that's needed to, let's say, help accelerate a successful blockchain drive and further, you know, as you noted when we discussed GDPRS, perhaps even be a potential solution taken seriously to the extent of even implementation starting within the next few months with it. 
in your mind, which of these are which of these are not some of the key areas that require focus? If it were up to you, over the next few months to to bring blockchain to fruition in a, even a stronger way. So I, I would have to start by saying I think the next few months is probably a very short timeline. I think um, you know I think we still have a lot of work and a lot of thinking, and a lot of deliberate decision making to do before we actually leave the exploratory and experimentation stage, which is actually very important and, and I do not want to discourage. But now for us to get to those, you know, robust, established blockchain applications, imagine a healthcare-based blockchain application that is as well established as Litecoin or Bitcoin. We have some time to we need we have a lot of work to do before we can get there. Obviously, I think, um, like I said, uh, there, there are many problems across many verticals. And I think, you know, the, the, the people and the, and the entities that are going to help obviously are going to be somewhat the standard bodies like the IEEE. I think academics are going to be incredibly important, not just on the ethical and the philosophical and the political side, but also on the just plain nuts and bolts crypto side and the computer science side and the network side and the P2P side. I think, you know, the, the probably the groups most active in exploration and experimentation, you know, are probably startups and they are very nimble and important parts, right? On the large organization sides, they're the ones that really, really, really need to think about those use cases and they hopefully are willing to experiment and willing to fund beyond what venture capital and private equity might do on their own. So. You know, I don't want to dismiss where we are, but, you know, from the time that I sent my first email in the early 80s to the time that I saw a Netscape Navigator in, in 94, that was that was 10 years. So, you know, I think at the moment with blockchains, we're still sort of closer to the sending the first email kind of um, state at the moment. You know, I, I, I think I laid out some of those core functions that blockchains are really good. And I think what I, you know, what I see happening is that we're going to be building specialized, robust, and modular sort of individual black blockchain apps in those four areas. And we're going to be probably reusing them and testing them and beating up on them until we have things that we can, that can be used across multiple verticals. And then again, using a second layer of blockchain technology, my guess is that we're going to tie those individual pieces together for specific business use cases with logic and verifiable computation built into that real application that gets presented to a particular business use case, a process, a re-engineered business process, right? So I think that's what I see as you know the human side of what we need right as far as standards and and open source tools i think we kind of have to look towards what happens in the basic crypto cryptography sort of community you know i would never use a super secure instant messaging application that was written by somebody in his basement that hadn't been really tested so I think what we need are some of these basic 
sort of libraries and applications that provide the basic constructs for consensus in a blockchain, that provide the peer-to-peer -peer sort of communication information, I mean, applications. Lots of things, those basic cryptographic operations that happen on blockchains, they really, we need to have sort of frameworks and models that we can distribute so that people who are really trying to build really robust blockchain applications don't have to rewrite everything from scratch. There's no reason why someone should have to redo hashes or redo a signature scheme or try to figure out homomorphic encryption by themselves. We just don't need to redo it. Open standards, open crypto, open exchange of techniques will be incredibly important. And the same goes for the more advanced techniques that we see on some of these blockchains, like um, these sort of, I don't want to call them smart contracts, but yes, they are smart contracts. And like, for example, in the cryptocurrency space, pay to script hash and the use of Merkle, um, Merkle trees and Merkle hashes. Those are things that we need to sort of demonstrate to the interested world how we do them and give them one really good way of doing them. And then they can use those building blocks to build their applications. The other thing that I think we need to do is really think about interoperability. And I think this sort of two-tier, layer one, layer two sort of way of building specialized applications is points in that direction. You know, this is all software, you know? So it's not like me sticking a European um, electrical plug into an American jack. That's not the situation. But what we can program around, around we can program interaction between blockchains, right? So, you know, whenever you have a second level application with built-in logic, verifiable computation, then it has the ability to tie in the different building blocks and to use what they need to actually arrive at a solution that answers the question or that, that solves the problem that we should have or wanted to solve many, many years ago. And there are two most important points, I think, that we need to make sure that we cover in the future. Point A is that because there is such a diversity in the way that different people are building blockchains that do not necessarily carry all of the robust attributes of blockchains, I think we really need to find some way to systematically judge whether a blockchain truly provides that single common truth. Does it provide for the ability to collaborate in a hostile environment? That may not be necessary for your application, but we need to know that, right? We need to know whether we whether that recorded fact is truly, you know, immutable, whether it's really real. That has a lot to do with how much it takes to reverse or change a particular record. And, you know, I think there's very little thought being given to how much faith can I have in a blockchain. 
And if I'm building a second layer application and I need to use this other blockchain, or I'm building a same level application that wants to reach out and grab a record from another blockchain, I need to be able to assign a, a likelihood that that record is valid. And in our current Wild West-ish sort of landscape where blockchains are being experimented on and being designed with all kind of design characteristics, me, let's say I'm a blockchain looking out at all the thousands of other blockchains, I cannot be certain right now that a record held in another blockchain is actually valid. So I think we really need a, some systematic way of describing how robust a given implementation of a blockchain actually is. The final thing that I think we really need to do to set ourselves off in the right direction, on the right path, is the fact that education will be incredibly important, just in general. What are the benefits? What benefits? can we expect? What benefits are we enjoying? However, the final thing, and this is both an education and a standards kind of perspective, is that because basic cryptographic operations, public key infrastructure applications are essential and naturally existing on blockchains, we need to make sure that those that are using blockchains in the future know that those keys are important. And honestly, that if they want to retain autonomy, which is one of the things that blockchains in their most reform, robust form offer, that they have to take some responsibility for maintaining those keys, securing those keys. And I think this is a wonderful opportunity for those standard bodies to help develop mechanisms for securing those keys and also educating the public about understanding the value and the importance of keeping those keys secure. So if I have stolen your key in any cryptocurrency, I can steal all of your cryptographically scarce digital asset. Now, what I don't want is that a blockchain identity platform is rolled out and that we experience the same thing. Even though it's very hard to forge a signature or repudiate a signature, if I have gained access to your private key, it will happen. <laughs> we need to put a lot of effort in making sure that the individuals that will be participating on these blockchains or the institutions or the organizations will have ways of securing their, their cryptographic keys and that they understand the importance of keeping them secure. Brian, thanks, thanks so much for your time and for uh, sticking around uh, well beyond the scheduled time. We appreciate it. Uh, and I think it was, a, it was a very good conversation that we had. You brought up some excellent points that need to be considered very timely as well. And I think folks will walk away with a very good understanding. I, I actually really enjoyed it. And thanks for having me.
it's actually very much an honor to actually be working with you guys.